welcome back to another episode of Fret Buzz the Podcast. Hi, I'm Aaron Sefcik, and together every week with my co-host Joe McMurray, we get into conversation with professionals all across the musical field. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Take a look at our library of tons and tons of topics. We cover tons and tons of material, and we've got a lot more on the way. So enough chit-chat, let's jump into part two with Billy Browse from the band Papadozio on Fret Buzz the Podcast. This is Aaron's, Aaron's passion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. By your, your glorious-looking studio. What kind of monitors are those? Are those Mackies? Yep. Yep. Yep, HR8s. Oh, yeah. Looks like it sounds real nice. Oh, yeah. When Aaron and I used to work together, like after when we were closing up the music school, we'd Aaron would just like I remember you just we'd be there for an hour and you'd be showing me how to run the studio and you know run, whether it was Pro Tools or the actual hardware, like my my entire studio knowledge is built on the foundation that you gave me. Yeah. This is adorable. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was yeah. great. Somebody's got to take you under their wing. Yeah. And show you Hell what, yeah. What I'm, not, I'm being serious. Right. I want to hear that. No, I mean, anytime that somebody's interested in audio, uh, I, I, I can't but embrace that whole experience because, you know, I, I want to help anybody who's interested in that. Just kind of help them along, obviously, because there's not a whole lot of people out there who are make that transition i mean there's lots of people who want to play guitar or the you know i want to play the drums or the keys or i want to sing i want to play bass but the making that transition then over into audio is that's a little bit different what's your what's your go-to daw pro tools that's uh, i've been using pro tools since the very beginning i've never really used pro tools uh, but i've seen it being used and i feel like i should probably know how to how to use it uh, i mean now i'd say you know 15 20 years ago sure uh but now all of the of the daws they they pretty much do the same thing or if you're looking for a specialized thing like I don't know, fruity loops or oh fruity loops i love you yeah <laughs> <laughs> they all have their kind of like specialities where they you know right um so like for sampling and whatnot like that sure but for straight recording, uh, Pro Tools all the way for me. Just and and that doesn't mean that Pro Tools is any better than any of the other ones. It's just it's been this industry standard for thirty years now. And right. well, I'm, is it is it the industry standard? It is. I mean, I is it I, still is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if you were to go into any studio, professional studio. Uh, especially as an intern or to be hired, you have to have a background in Pro Tools. Whether or not that's actually, you know, <laughs> especially in today's age, day and age, um, eh, you need a background in something, that's for sure, yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to understand exactly how signal flow works. Um, but it, it just, they, they, uh, they had the monopoly on it, and I don't know that they still have the monopoly, but it's still there. I mean, I mean, most most studios in Asheville that I've been to, uh, like, definitely use Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's Reaper or Logic or I mean, there's just so many of them out there now. Just like you said, I, th- I don't think it really matters that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, sample rate is sample rate, bit rate is bit rate. Whatever works best for you. Yeah. Have you used Ableton? I have. I have a copy of it as well. Right. I love it. I, it just looks like a video game that if you beat it, it makes you money. That's what I always liked about Ableton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. just the workflow seems more of video gaming. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever use Ableton in live performances? Every time. Okay. All three of uh, Sam, Anthony, and I uh, run Ableton on stage. Uh, and then Mike, our drummer, his uh, role in SPDS is triggering Anthony's uh, Ableton live set. Wait, who so does that? Our our drummers, you know, the sample pad, like yeah. Roland, SPDS. When you hear that, uh, he's triggering sounds on Anthony's computer. And he also has like the start stop uh, for the click. We play to a click. So okay. There's a lot of time-based stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so none of the samples that you hear from the drums are actually coming from that moment. Just MIDI. Yeah, yeah. It's all triggered from him. Yeah. Um, He also has, like like I said, the click, start, stop, and the play button up top. Um, And then I have a master Ableton set for my Docio live set. Anthony's Ableton set for Papadocio is the most gigantic Ableton set I've ever seen in my entire life. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, he's so, he's, it's so weird. He started with Fruity Loops and you brought up Fruity Loops earlier. Right. Um, when I first met him, he was using Fruity Loops and he had like three albums like already done. <laughs> like the, the best, worst shit ever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I forget what he called one of them. About like a future robot. It was great. Whatever it is, I hope he still has it. Hmm. Um, but he's just a uh, just knows how to get into a program or a synthesizer, and just until he knows every single thing about it, he won't stop. And so he helped. I mean, that's where that's how I got introduced to Ableton. It was like Ableton Six, or I think Ableton Six. And he was like, check this out. We can do all this now. And then I just, that was my, you know, um, probably the top tier of, of, of my synthesis being like, okay, we're, I'm going to play synths now because now I have a computer and I can sample me talking to you and turn it into an instrument. If I want to. Um, and you're doing that ahead of time? I mean, are you do how much of that are you doing live? Um, well, there's no like Anthony loops his guitar through Ableton, uh, okay, for sure. And like last night, my brother and I had a a set a DJ ish set in town, and I'll do I'll loop stuff in Ableton live, but I don't I don't live loop anything in Dozio um, because it just gets kind of convoluted and there's five people on stage 
Right. So we just leave it to the master clock to do. Um, I basically, I have Ableton for all the soft synths. You know, like I, there's a song that I made, like the pad is just me going, oh, and I just turned that into a song. Um, just stuff like that, where it's, you know, it's just so easy and fun to do. I mean, have fun making music, and that's how I have fun making so can you take that pad of you just ah uh, and you can actually pitch you can control that with your keyboard and you know play c and it makes it play the pitch c mm -hmm. so there's a song called omni freeze on pattern integrities every single thing in that song is my voice the bass line the pad uh the melody all of that <laughs> that's really cool i think there's some guitar in there too um, but in the studio version and the one that i recorded on this computer is just me going and it wasn't even c i tried to get oh uh, like the, I, I don't have perfect pitch like that here. but it was like two cents off from c so when we went to do it live uh i think we actually play it in in b major i think we pitched it to b major uh but I, we could, we, I could have just pitched it to whatever for sure. And that's so cool. I, all this stuff, like we were talking about this with the Moog factory guy, like it gets me was so it, was excited. It Paul? We, we, yeah. Paul Guetta. Yeah. I know Paul. Man. Oh yeah. Paul's the man. Dude. Yeah. Paul's really, you know, really Panther, nice have you listened to his music before? Panther? Panther? Yeah. yeah. Dude, Panther guy's awesome. Dude. Yeah. And, and zero guy. And Paul Abdul. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, he has one called Paul Abdul. Yeah, he yeah. has one called Paul Abdul. Oh, that's so funny because last night I was thinking like I need to start doing a solo DJ set, and my DJ name should be Michael, comma Jack's son. Um, <laughs> so maybe Paul Abdul and I could start doing. <laughs> I didn't know he had one called Paul Abdul. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Really? You're anyway, me too. Yeah, Paul, uh, I was, like I said, my parents are down in Brevard and went to the Moog factory and I was, he took us on a tour, uh, me and my wife and my brother, and I was like geeking out pretty hard and I was so, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, pl I played all the stuff in the showroom and I was having a great time, but you know, I, I like come back and I'll, I'll pull up my Ableton and try to mess with this stuff and I'm just like, I could spend hours and i'm like man i should have just practiced guitar like i feel like i don't have a whole lot to show after all that time and i'm, well, I'm not making money off of you know creating these sounds whereas like when i practice them I'm, I'm like it, it there's immediate payback immediate benefit well you can only get so good at guitar i mean eh, i disagree all right <laughs> well as you would I, I, that's your job is to disagree with me there. My job is to be like, you should, you know, amp up your Ableton skills to augment that guitar playing because it's not, it, Ableton is never, you know, it will never be a replacement for skill. It's just there to help you along the way. And that's why I use it live. And that's why, you know, we, we all basically use it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a helping, healthy friend.
I mean, it, it is absolutely amazing. What it does in the, when you put a synth in the background of some song, it, it sounds twice as big. Yeah. It's like a, everything's like sitting on this cloud of sound that yeah. it's really, really incredible what it does. Just put a band pass filter on a choir and soak it in reverb, and there you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> did you, gonna, did, you, did, you play, did you play the Moog one when you were there? Yeah, but only for a second. It it, it was a lot to, to take in. 16 I, voice polyphony. Oh. Do you, oh. You've got a Moog, don't you? you were playing yeah, but not, not the Moog one. But it's like I went in there. I went, oh, it's... 8,000. 8,000, yeah. It's like more expensive than my car. <laughs> but I went in there and uh, I saw Paul and like, we're friends, so I normally talk to him. And I was like, all right, cool, later. And I just, you know, just sat down at that thing. That's the most beautiful synthesizer I've ever played in my entire life. And I've, you know, played memory modes and name it, I've played it. It's, it's so yeah, that was a good conversation with Paul. For anybody who's interested, it's uh, episode thirty-three and ever episode thirty-four. Good memory. Look at you. You are an engineer, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, so that's... hard to remember the names. Yeah, Paul. The, the episode was... numbers. Yeah, that was a great conversation with Paul. Yeah, he's a cool man. He's, he's, he's awesome. The first time I ever met Paul, we were playing at this festival called Narnia, which is. Uh, down here, uh, Beach Mountain. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was playing ping pong. I love to play ping pong. And I was a little bit drunk, so I was talking a bunch of shit. And Paul doesn't talk at all, you know? He's, like, very laid back. And I just talked so much shit at him. And then played ping pong with him for... We played like three games and it was super fun. And I'm I'm really glad he still talks to me after that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I love. Sometimes I'll I'll just go in there with like three people uh, into the mode store and like act like I'm a big deal or something. <laughs> Even though like anybody can walk in there, you know. Like hey Paul, what's up? Man? Oh hey dude. It's, <laughs> it's so awesome that you can you can go sit down and play. It's like it's not like you can go to Guitar Center and try a Moog. There's really no other place to yeah no. that stuff out. I mean, they so there's a Guitar Center like right down the street from me. And it's dangerous. Have, yeah, it is. but it's also really nice. Like if we're about to go on tour, I can go get a MIDI cable or whatever on my way to the bus. So, you know, it's it's nice. See, it's just far enough away from me, like 15-minute drive, to where it deters me from, like, going for any little thing. Because, right. like, I always spend money when I go. Like, you know, I you can't help but look at the stuff, the used stuff, and you're like, oh, man, look at that. No, I went in there yesterday for no reason. And I ended up just buying, like, one of those, uh, just a power strip. I just bought, like, a Furman power strip. I don't need that, but I... I wanted it, and there it was. And, yeah. it sucks. I, is it? Or I buy like a shaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shakers are sweet, so whatever. Judge me. I will never play a show without my own um, surge protector. Now, 
I played at this farmer's market locally and the power source they had me plug into had been recently rewired and incorrectly rewired. Oh no. And I was playing and all of a sudden I started like smelling and I heard this like smell of burnt plastic and then like it melted my amps transformer and my PA system. Oh no. And yeah, if I had only had a good surge protector, it would have, it was like an eight month process of getting money back and from a farmer's market. Well, it was the, the building that had, it was okay. a farmer's market. It sounds like a nightmare, right? There. It was, it was bad. I felt horrible the whole time. Cause like, obviously it's not there. They're not like, you know, they don't have deep pockets. Right. But I was like, you see, you actually like cost me like a thousand dollars. Like I need some help here. You brought, you brought your own PA and it's kind of, yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. So surge protectors. Yeah. Good, good get a, thing get a power conditioner, get like the yeah. actual one. Yes. Get a, yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. And even those don't, I mean, yeah. Don't do so much. But... One time, the, fir the first time I ever experienced that we were rehearsing luckily for our first acoustic set and in Athens like eight years ago and the transformer outside of the house just blew up and surged our whole PA. We had a we had it plugged into a conditioner so it didn't fry everything. But it was an acoustic set so we were like, oh well that sucks, but I guess we're not we'll just wing it. See how it goes. So you just played like actually with no sound amplification? Uh, yeah, it was just like a conversation about how the set is going to go. Um, it, it, again, it was an acoustic set. It was just a rehearsal. But I've um, never seen. I was if if all of our, you know, normal stuff would have been plugged in, it would have been would have been a different story. Yeah. Like you got to take out insurance on. And that kind so, of stuff. Yeah. And if anyone's listening to this in a touring band who doesn't have insurance on their gear, get it. It's not that expensive. And it's totally worth it. Just do it. Yeah. That's a good, good Trailers, advice. A trailer will wreck all of your stuff. Just get it. Or just the fact that there's so many horror stories about people stealing your stuff. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I see that on the forums all the time. All the time, I still see, see people just walking off with somebody's rig. <laughs> but somehow, that's never happened to us. I don't know how. That'd be that's asinine. Steal somebody's, you know, how they make their living. Right. Mm. One time, I said one time somebody broke into the van. I think we were in Baltimore. And all of our laptops were in there, but they just took the, this is back in the days when, you know, you had a GPS unit on the tube or whatever. They just took that. And that's it. There was like $10,000 just computers right there. Oh, and man. Thank God. And they took your Garmin. <laughs> yeah, took the Garmin. Hopefully they got a buzz, I guess. That's all. <laughs> hey, I want to I change gears a little bit on you. Um, so I... I'm always in, interested in people's practice regimens. I'm like a practice nut. I like, it's my, like I, I live to practice. I enjoy it more than J 
just about anything in the whole world. What, how do you, do you practice differently than you used to practice? And what is your current practice regimen? Like as a band or just as personally, personally, um, I, I'll sit down to practice and end up like recording stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess, I guess it just turns into a songwriting session for me at least. Um, right now I don't have a piano at the house like a physical acoustic piano. I have one in Ohio and I need to go get that. That reminds me. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I'll, something that Sam, uh, my brother has taught me about practicing is just record everything. Another thing that Ableton is really good for, you just leave it on you know, or Pro Tools or whatever you're doing. If you're, if you're, you know, playing a MIDI instrument, you might as well just record it and see what happens. Um, so that's that's kind of what I do. I'll sit down and, and try to create a voice, uh, a new fun synth pad or a new lead, and it'll you know end up being a song a lot of times. That's what happened in the past. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't practice enough, that's for sure. No, that's but, all right. Don't worry about it. No, we've had many, 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 many guests on the show, and nobody has practiced as much as Joe. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> Even like the professionals, <laughs> they're like, uh, no, Joe, <laughs> I don't practice that much. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I felt bad for a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, I think all our guests feel the same way. <laughs> it's like, no, Joe's the only one that I've ever known that has practiced as much as he does. <laughs> well, hey, man, you got to have your thing. Is that, I mean, yeah. I love playing music too, but you also have to be able to like, I played, I, it, it took a long time, like, for just to be able to play music, and this is weird, this might sound weird, but just sit down and practice and not then think about, like, has this show been confirmed? Uh, is, uh, what what's the cap in that venue? Like the, the business side. Mm. So that, I'm, I'm over that now, we're good. But like, it, it was, I hate to use the word trigger because that triggers me, that's weird. But uh, it, it, it was weird for a little bit uh, in my own head. I'm over that now, but um, I just like to turn the practice into a songwriting exercise, I guess, is, is my thing. And Joe, uh, you need to text me every once in a while and remind me to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not every time you're practicing, apparently, because I guess yeah, it's, you... it's a lot. <laughs> Are you playing right now? with your feet he's 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 thinking about it <laughs> i know he is i will be playing after this but uh Good. before before i go cruise around on my bike to the oceanfront bars although last night i was because i've had i've had three shows the past three nights and i'd like i anyway i've been playing a lot last night i was playing in like my third set and i think i bruised the tip of my pinky let's like see i was i mean you can't really tell but it hurts like, like there's the nothing to see. Right there. I think that's what I did. Yeah. I was just like, I hammered down something hard, and it, it hurts. I've been like, 
rubbing my pinky all day playing it's probably playing a jazz song you know just the, it's still metal you know, if you injure yourself it's metal <laughs> yeah yeah i've have you ever done that aaron where you've oh yeah bruised your finger mm -hmm. it's like it's the worst feeling it's it's an interesting feeling yes because yeah. oh, you like can't as a play right <laughs> you can't stop using that if you're performing you can't stop using it you're well yeah like, that's how yeah that's the part that becomes a bit of a pain is is that while performing you're like all right how do i how do i angle my finger in a different position so i don't keep on hitting that same spot all the time so I yeah can suffer through this somewhat <laughs> do you want to hear my worst story of injuring a finger a absolutely story? yeah okay uh one time uh it was like third night of a month-long tour uh we had a tour bus that I don't know if you've ever been on a tour bus, but like some of them have uh, sliding doors in between the front lounge and the bunk area and the back lounge. Some of them have doors like normal doors where you push and pull open to the side. This one had sliding doors, and like I got up to go pee at like I don't know six in the morning out of my bunk, which is like a weird cave that you're just in. I'm like, oh, cool, I gotta go pee. And uh, I'm holding the door, I say it was my left hand, holding the door, and the driver like swerved around something, and my hand was still on the door as it slid into the door jam, <laughs> and my left index finger went right into where the little knob goes to close the door. Oh. Three days into a month long tour. Uh, fingernail fell off, bleeding every, I just went into my bunk and cried, seriously, <laughs> for, like, for like an hour. And uh, I would forget that it was injured. So I'd like do like a, you know, uh, like an organ roll. I'm like, ah, ah. And like still to this day, I don't really use this finger as much as I used to. Just oh it, man, it was changed it, your playing for. It was bad. I, I'm getting back to being able to use it again. I mean, it was years ago, but like there's some certain something in me that I just did it so many times, and like it would just start bleeding. That's yeah. awful. It was weird. You have to be real careful. I, I've cut myself like, like, you know, I have a bagel. Every, I was Aaron's actually wearing a Lucky Charms hat. If you can't, it's on backwards. But before the episode, we were talking about our both of us love Lucky Charms. Your Lucky Charms, yeah, they are. It's so, it's like the best dessert now for me. <laughs> but like late night after show, a bowl of Lucky Charms is hard to beat. But I, I switched to bagels like I don't know six years ago or something. But bagels, when you wake up and you're just still in that kind of like sleepy mode, they're so dangerous. The not pre-cut ones. Oh, like you don't have a bagel cutter? No, I use a bread knife and Bro. I've cut. <laughs> I need to get a bagel cut. That's like <laughs> nobody's ever suggested that. I've never thought you could get your own bagel cutter. Like, okay. I have a Bruder's bagel. As someone who religiously cuts their fingers on everything, I have a knife washer 
Like, I don't wash my knives with a sponge. I have a thing that, like, you go like this and, like, wash wow. your knife with because I don't, like, I... And this is going to sound like I'm a piece of shit, too, but, like, even loading in gear, if I have to load gear in, I will cut my hand. All the... Like, the keyboard player from the... Do you know who the Motet is? Have you ever seen the Motet? Oh, yeah. I've never okay, seen so, them, but they've got great so, sound. Yeah, Joey, the keyboard player from the Motet one time, was loading in something, and he dislocated his... He put a picture of it on Facebook like an asshole. It was just like middle finger was like over here. <laughs> and after that, I was like, all right. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> if you ask me to, I will carry your stuff in, but I'm going to hurt myself. Joe, you play guitar. You need a bagel cutter, dude. Yeah. Bagel Jeez. cutter and this knife wash. Yeah. That's a great idea. Knife wash. I, it was one of those things. I was at a, I like to cook. That's my, I think a, uh, a product of being on tour for so long and eating at restaurants. You know, like I love going out to eat, but I love being at home and cooking. You know, there's something to be said about, I don't know, it's a creative outlet. Um, mm -hmm. and it's food, so it's awesome. Um, but I'll go to Kitchen and Company and I saw it on the shelf and I was like, I don't need that. And then I walked away and was like, if I cut myself on a knife, I didn't buy that. I will never for you know, like I I'll know that I could have bought that. <laughs> so I had to go back and get it. You probably just saved my career. Like <laughs> get a bagel cutter, get a knife cleaner. You too, Aaron. You <laughs> Funny. Yeah, if you cut 365 bagels a year, like statistically, <laughs> you're gonna cut yourself pretty bad at some point. Yeah, especially if it's an everything bagel and some of the everything falls oh, off, yeah. and you're like, oh sh ah! Now the one that I really did cut myself on recently, it was frozen in one of those pre-cut ones, but it wasn't cut all the way through. And I was trying to get the knife in the pre-made slot, and it just like Dude, I was creeping. I've really messed up, but. Dude. I do. I wear gloves. I have these big purple gloves that go to my elbow <laughs> to wash dishes with. Because, like, I don't want my calluses right, to fall right. off. Cause I but don't you'll use it. a knife around your fingers. Right. Yeah. We're adults now, Joe. You can, yeah. you can get a cutters. bagel cutter, man. I'm it's doing good. it. It's... Yeah. I'll send you one. <laughs> I'm going to get one today. I yes. Think. I think Instead I'm just going to go on Amazon. Yep. You get it. One. You post it on Instagram. I will yeah. do this. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> oh, you'll man. never forgive yourself if you cut yourself again on a bagel. Right. You'll be like, ah. the one thing I learned from this conversation with Billy Brass from Papadocio. <laughs> I didn't even take the heart to get a bagel cutter. Well, it is sunk in. Right. Um, but twi switching gears again, pulling this back, you mentioned the motet. What are other bands that? you're really excited about that are either on the scene now or up and coming in the scene. Hmm. Who do I need to listen to? Um, like specifically in the scene or just like what I'm listening to that I'm excited about? Both really. Um, Way to put them on the spot, Joe. Yeah. Well, I, I've been listening to uh, this dude. His, I don't know his actual name, but his uh, producer name is Dorian Concept. 
Oh, cool. Um, he's an incredible keyboard player and an incredible producer. He's on, uh, I think, Ninja Tune or Warp, which are the two best uh, electronic music outlets, in my opinion. Huh. Um, I think it's Warp. Apex Twin is on Warp, Square Pusher on Warp. That's like the granddaddy of electronica label. Uh, but Dorian concept is like blowing my mind. And like I, I haven't, there was a couple of years where I like didn't really listen to that much music at all other than the tried and true stuff that, you know, you're used to like, Hey, I want to, I want to listen to 93 to infinity by the mighty souls of mischief. Cause that's my favorite hip hop song. So I'm going to listen to that, you know, eight times a month and not branch out. And he, uh, his music has really helped me uh, branch out. And part of the reason is, is because he does it live too. Like he will play those parts live and, and do it differently every time. It's, it's incredibly refreshing. I love that name. I mean, is he like, is he, you know, technical? Yes. Sounds like he's super into Very Dora technical. Mode. Loves his music. <laughs> yeah. Picks. I think he's from. I think it's from Scotland. He looks like he's from Scotland. I'm not really sure, but uh, see where it kills while he plays. No, no, no. My last name is McMurray, so I've got a little bit of that running oh. in, my, in my blood. McMurray. Nice. Um, are, are you saying that, like Brain Feeder Ninja Tune Warp? These are labels. Yes. Okay. So labels are still alive and well in um, in electronic music. Because a lot of those guys don't play live shows. Flying Lotus, that's Flying Lotus's uh, label is called Brain Feeder. Flying Lotus is pretty sure he's related to the Coltrane's somehow. Have you listened to Flying Lotus before? No. Yeah. Wow. It's on my list here. Flying Lotus is the shit. It's like super swung. Uh, I know the name. I don't know why. I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard it before. You listen to Thundercat? Yes. Okay. So Thundercat plays bass on most of the Flying Lotus okay. tracks. Maybe that's maybe that's why. Oh, we talked about Thundercat because um, actually, you guys have played with Broccoli Samurai, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I know those guys. We had oh. their bass player on, Randy Nicholas. Um, Nicholas, yeah, and he talked about Thundercat. So I listen. Yeah, they're from Ohio. Oh, Randy. Yeah, I guess Randy, their bass player, at least now, was not the original bass player, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think they went through like a whole uh, lineup switch not too long ago. I don't know. I haven't seen those guys in a minute, but I I definitely know them, and they're great dudes. Yeah. So, uh, Flying Lotus is the grand nephew of Alice Coltrane. So. Not related by family to John Coltrane, but he's in that. He has access to the Coltrane. That's good the Masters, at least. Man, yeah, Coltrane just re- they just posthumous re- posthumously released a an album last year of like old studio takes that had never been released. They were playing it on NPR a bunch and on the Sirius XM jazz station. 
some pretty cool stuff. I think I heard that on NPR. I listen to NPR religiously. Yeah, I love NPR. It's uh, it's something to fill up space. If I don't know what music to listen to, yeah. I switch back and forth between like, is things like NPR or podcasts where I feel like I'm learning something, bettering myself, and then right. like I'll switch over. I'll listen to some music, and then I'll depends on what you know how much I'm driving, <laughs> what kind of mood I'm in. But uh, I feel you. Yeah, NPR does a good job of putting forth a well thought out story and argument and you know well-rounded yeah i i think i just i grew up listening to it in my mom's car but she'd always have it turned down so it'd be like <laughs> so like now i can actually listen to it full volume you hear the words yeah. and uh she also used to listen to a lot of classical music Mm-hmm. Which is you know, always great. Do you, do you ever play have you ever in your life played classical piano? Nope. Absolutely not. When I you're... should. Eh. I'm I'm more of like, you know I don't know what I'm doing, basically. <laughs> I do because I've made a place for myself. Um, and like, if you came, if you were in my house right now, we could sit here and play together, you know, for however long you want, but I'm not a classically trained musician in any sense of the word. But you understand, I mean, if someone was to say, here's the chord progression. Sure. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. I mean, you guys are up there doing awesome stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional musician. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. Um, I mean, there be there would be some people who would be would definitely, you know, not necessarily talk shit. Would be like, uh, you you need to know your your uh, theory better. I know I do, I, but you know. What I do and my place in the band and my place in music, what I've carved out and how I take it is more of um, an aesthetic thing. Like, I'm not going to nerd out with you on scales and modes, but I will sit here and, you know, talk about synthesizers and Ableton and, and the way music makes me feel for hours. You know what I mean? Um, but that's just that's just how I've always gone about stuff. So, so, yeah. It seems like that's more a more sustainable approach to it. I mean, talking about scales isn't fun. I mean, it's, well, for uh, some people it is. I mean, I'm sure you would love to. I'm sure you and if I hung up, you and Aaron could just you know talk about that all the time. I mean, I I know the I understand the importance of it, but I don't think it makes. That's not what instills this obsession in me. I think the obsession stems from actually loving music and melody and the harmony behind it and stuff. Learning the scales and the deeper theory to me is kind of like a, I won't call it a necessary evil because I do enjoy it, but it's, it's not what makes me love music. It's I do it to make it so I can play better music. Right, right. I hope I'm not 
I hope I wasn't coming across as like you're fine. A bad thing. I don't know. I just and like earlier what I was saying, like you can learn as much as you want. Like some of the best musicians I know don't know how to go on tour, you know, or don't know how to or have like some of the best I've ever seen have the worst tone I've ever like what are you doing? And like, honest, you're playing all instrument? all the notes. Like you know how to play all the notes, but like it just give me your just let me let me let me be your tech, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Is that on a specific instrument, like a on key? No. Or? No. Well, yeah, I mean, just any instrument. Like, I guess it's 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 not you know it's not my place to say what tone is right. You know what I mean? I like a more understated, like for on bass, for instance. I like a passive bass. I like passive di. I like to hear you digging in. When you dig in, I want to, you know, I want to hear it. I want to hear the fuzz that comes from you overdriving it from your fingers. I don't want to hear the of I don't want to hear the attack of a modulus. You know what I mean? Like, I want a P bass or no, uh, you know, a Fender Five jazz bass. That's what I like, and I want to. But that's just me, and I've you know I've written songs that I've tried to have come across in Ableton on Splice, and sent it to the dudes, and they're like. We're gonna re-record this bass because it's bad. I'm like I think it's good. I don't know. Just, it doesn't matter how many notes you play for me. It's just the overall feeling of it. I'd rather less notes and better tone. That's just me. I I think that's a good way to go about it too. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, I mean it, the quest for tone is is never ending. Um. Aaron, you might appreciate this. I, I recently, I mean, I'm a, I love um, Robin Ford's tone. I don't know if I've talked about this in the past. Like, there are players like Eric Johnson who have em, emulated their style more, but Robin Ford's tone could be like the pinnacle of guitar tone for me. Right. It's the, you know, he used the, the Dumble Overdrive Special Amp. It's just, it's so silky smooth and beautiful so i've been on this quest recently to find that and I, I recently did order i ordered the dude pedal by j rocket oh, yeah yeah and um i also ordered the dmbl dumble pedal by mojo hand okay so i figured i can i can return anything that because i got it from guitar center because they allow yep. you to return things um, you rented it well you you they don't even have it in stock so i had to order it and then, so I had to pay for it, but I can bring it back if right. I don't like it. Right. That's a, that's a yeah. Essentially, a rental, yeah. You rent stuff from Guitar Center all the time. Yeah. Great. I really like. I hate the Guitar Center is. It makes it hard for the mom and pop shops, but I would be so sad if Guitar Center left. Like I know oh, they've yeah. had some problems, but it's like the only place I feel comfortable going and just like playing, I like trying things out a lot. There's other stores, like the guy will sit there and they, you know, don't touch the guitars on the wall. Somebody will hand it to you. Then you feel like somebody's just like watching you and judging you the whole time you test stuff out. Right, which is the absolute 
last thing you need when you're testing something out. Yeah, I want to go in there and it's like play land and I want to play everything. And <laughs> that's why the Moog store is so cool. Yeah. I think. Again, though, I play synthesizers. So. I think that's... it's great for anybody. If you can play a piano at all, check out the Moog store. It's very fun. They have other stuff too. They have like a, a bunch of teenage en engineering uh, hardware in there, which is like little teeny. Like, I think they started out trying to be like eight bit sound, but now you can just they have a little thing called the OP one, and now I think they have an OP two, uh, and it's you can just put it in your pocket. A lot of their stuff. And, it sounds great that Moog has that in there. They have like video synthesizers in there, which are out of my wheelhouse for sure, but looks cool. What? It's fun like to play. Something you could put video, like could you use that in a live performance where you mm -hmm. like have a guy whose job is like putting some cool, cool video footage up and like warping it in real time with yeah, the so music? Like, so when we play live, we have a, our light designer does video, oh, yeah. too. Uh, Those were so, awesome. Yeah, show. thanks. I mean, that's a big part of the show, I think, aesthetically. And that's what I'm all about. I want it to look good and sound good and be accessible. I feel like having the video element there has always been really big for us. Um, as, as you were saying earlier, with you know, essentially for you, at bobbing late night festival sound and i'm fine with that but i want i want you to be able to look at something and i want we created a lot of that content um so sometimes when we're playing that'll be our music video in the background that he'll then work into paintings by artists that we know um, also he does uh if i play a note there's a screen behind me, the one, everyone has a screen behind them. Uh, so if they're playing a note, it'll affect the screen. So it, it runs through an Arduino, uh, like little mini computer processor that goes into his Ableton out front and then affects the video, like waveform. That's really cool. He's a weird wizard, man. I can't even explain all of it, but it's, uh, we, we, we told him that that's what we wanted. Like, if I hit a note, I want it to be like, on the video. And he was like, cool. Uh, <laughs> he did it. It was amazing. Dustin I'm, Klein. Dustin Klein. He's your, he's your light guy. Yeah. Videometry is his uh, Instagram. Videometry? Yeah, video me try. <laughs> okay. So I've, I've mentioned this to Aaron before, but I can't remember. What's it called when you see... You see colors, or you associate colors. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yeah. I'm gonna write that down. My cousin has that, and it's really weird. I I get some like when I hear certain sounds, it it reminds me of colors, like the Mixolydian mode. Just that it doesn't have to be a specific note, but anything that mode. sound. Yeah, well, Mixolydian, like I kind of see green when I close my eyes. It's just that's what I get, and. It would be cool if you could program like a minor seventh chord produces one color, a dominant seven produces another. You can. You can do that. That would be so cool. You absolutely would, can do that. 
I'd yeah. set that up in my room here and just like have it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would awesome. never have to leave. Dude. I was just gonna say <laughs> I would just have to go. There goes all Brad Joe's practice time. <laughs> I'd have to play more shows to afford all this stuff. Well, you could you could set it up so that a certain frequency is recognized by your computer, and then translate that via MIDI to uh, your like master. Uh, video computer and I know for sure there's a way to do that. <laughs> we that can make that happen for you, man. So cool. There's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, right. Like I said, I would I would be happy to play, you know, experiment more on Ableton. I, I would love to get a better keyboard because I like I could take a I would like to have a keyboard at my shows because some songs just sound better. Does that have a MIDI out on it? It does. There you go. Do um, you have an interface? You do, because you have yeah. a microphone right in front of you. Does I, your interface have an, a MIDI out? Or a MIDI um, in? MIDI out? Like I usually it should. plug it straight into my computer, but... What do I have here? I have my focus right. There you go. I have one of those. Great. Yeah, so is that what this K is? Let me see it. Which one do you have? That's the back of it. Uh, well, you have USB in, you know, that... Uh, yeah, yeah I, I have the USB in. There's not like a traditional MIDI out on that, so no, no. But you can use USB over MIDI. That's it's the same same thing. Let's get mean, you I, get you a dying MIDI controller, and then the world is yours, man. Yep. See, yeah, Aaron again. knows. Mm -hmm. Aaron love is. to do it all. Oh, you've got your little one, yeah. What do you got over there? Adderall. Adderall? Yep. That's, uh, yeah, those, that's, they're no joke for sure. Yeah. Adderall and Novation are my favorite. Yeah. I've had the same Novation Mark II for eight years. And yeah. I, I wanted to upgrade it, but the new one's like very expensive. Yeah. So I, and then mine's not broken yet, so there's no reason. I was just gonna say, there's, once you once you get your piece, you're like you're set, you're gold. <laughs> what do you normally have on stage when you're playing a normal show where you can have all your all the gear you want? Uh, if I had everything, it would be the Access Virus Ti, uh, which is the best digital analog modeling synthesizer I've ever played. Then a Novation Mark II, MK2, I guess it stands for Mark II, uh, MIDI controller, Sub 37, Moog Sub 37. Uh, the JU06, which is the digital recreation of the Juno 106. Uh, um, and then another MIDI controller for uh, Mellotron sounds. Because uh, digital Mellotrons sound close enough and a real Mellotron is, you know, you know, $25,000 or something. Might as well just have the digital version on the computer. Yeah. But if I had, yeah. And then I, I'm trying to get it more into pedals. Uh, I got a, uh, a Strymon Big Sky uh, a couple months ago and it really has uh, change the way I play the mode 
at least. It's just if you get a really nice reverb pedal, it just kind of changes it. Uh, so I reached out to uh, Earthquaker. Mm -hmm. uh, they're from Akron, Ohio, just like right next to where I grew up. So I'm trying to ha like have them help me uh, build a pedal rig because I don't really know what's going on with pedals. I just spent all you know, inside the synthesizer and inside Ableton for years. So I'm really excited to get into that world. That's awesome. Okay. Well, uh, sure. this has been awesome I've, I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you and uh yeah you know well, thank I, you for coming on billy browse from papadocio yeah cheers guys thank you yeah, yeah. is uh yeah anything you want to plug tell everybody where you uh they should go to find out more information about you yeah um papadocio.com uh papadocio on facebook and instagram uh check out rether music brother music on instagram b-r-e-t-h-e-r -E -E music which is uh my brother and i's uh it's our side project outside of Josio. cool um and yeah check out resonance festival uh it'll be uh the whole first wave of the lineup will be released shortly also What's What's the date of the festival? Oh, uh, September, the weekend of September 22nd. Awesome. Well, thank you, Billy. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for hey. reaching out, man. Yeah. yeah. Really appreciate it. I hope you have an awesome day. Yeah, you guys too. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Have a good one.